The Carolina Outdoors is in session. Your host, Bill Barty, on this side of your radio dial. Of course, we are heading straight into May, and it's a wonderful time in the Carolinas to enjoy being outdoors. The hiking is wonderful. The fishing is wonderful, whether it be at the coast, whether it be the riverways, whether it be uh, our area lakes. Or whether it be in the mountains and how you fish, we've done programs on this, the different types of fishing. But from Jesse Brown's Outdoors, the main type of fishing that we are promoting and helping people participate in is fly fishing. And as we focus on the month of May, uh, as we broadcast the Carolina Outdoors right now, May is a fantastic time to take up the sport of fly fishing. Now, North Carolina over 30 years ago, invested in a program called the Delayed Harvest Program. And we've talked to biologists from the state of North Carolina about the Delayed Harvest Program that goes along with the wild trout and hatchery supported. But over at Jesse Brown's, we're going to focus in on, at least at this station, Delayed Harvest and have that conversation. And by doing so, we're going to bring on lead guide and instructor. He's a man who's helping people learn the sport of fly fishing, bringing new anglers into the sport. His name, Dave Bergman. Dave, thanks for joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors. Hello. Man, it's great to have you on here. Now, Dave, you heard that introduction, and we're just going to jump in feet first to talk a little bit about it. I, I mentioned delayed harvest, and that's where they the state stocks waters during the month of October and throughout, and then they allow harvesting, keeping of the fish, the first Saturday in June. Um, how important has the delayed harvest program been for the sport of fly fishing, especially as you take out clients who are new to the sport or maybe they're honing their craft within the sport? So delayed harvest uh, is very good at having good access for anglers that are beginners. And it is pretty, I would say, misunderstood that the fishing can be really easy when the fish are fresh. But then you get the added learning experience of fish that have been there for a while and seen a lot of flies. So you get these kind of neutral fish and negative fish that will eat, but you kind of have to know what you're doing. So teamed with me, who's been fishing on these waters for a long time, and being able to that's match with fish that are either going to be really easy to catch or kind of neutral, as in... You know, they may not pick up on the same things you were throwing last week as like a wild fish might be really opportunistic and kind of go after anything you throw at it. These fish, you'll get a learning experience of actually being able to figure out what they're eating, going down to size. Uh, maybe they're, last week they were eating uh, black Pat's rubber leg, and next week they won't even touch them because they've seen so many of them. Uh, but the best thing about the delayed harvest rivers is that typically you can move around pretty easily and you can fish a lot of different water in a day and learn a lot within seven hours. So it's been pretty important and pretty helpful for a lot of people getting into the sport. And some of the, sometimes you get those days where the fishing's just insanely good. Um, so <laughs> yes. if that happens, and when that happens, you know, you're pretty much stuck on it. 
Well, and that's the goal, too, for us at Jesse Brown's. I'm going to focus in on something you said. Uh, for people that are new to the sport, uh, and Dave, there's uh, access, of course, that you mentioned, and there's the fish, which uh, are there, and, and you mentioned. But what's the biggest challenge for new anglers who are going out on a trip? Is it is it how to handle their line, the equipment? Is it casting? Is it understanding the uh, entomology of fly fishing and the insects around us? What's the biggest challenge for, for new anglers? I'd say the biggest challenge for, uh, for new anglers, so there's two different kinds of new anglers. There's new anglers who've done a lot of research and due diligence, and there's new anglers who are just trying it, have never had any experience with it before. And the challenge for the, the new anglers who've never done it before is really going to be not so much the casting. I, I, may, I work smarter, not harder. I make it really easy for people, really approachable. Everybody has success. But it's really going to be the fish playing, the fighting the fish. Um, they don't realize that you really have to be easy on the pressure. And we get a lot of people death gripping the line and holding on too tight. And that 6x tippet just breaks on a big fish. Um, luckily, I, we usually get multiple shots at bigger fish on trips with me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, that's really... As far as hooking fish, you know, they get the hang of it, especially since they've learned no bad habits. Everything's new. So if they listen to everything that they're being taught, usually they pick it up pretty quick. If you get anglers who have done due diligence and read a lot of books, now you've got a different challenge. The challenge is you've got to try to break down a lot of that and reveal to them what's going to be important to focus on and what's going to be less important to focus on. Um, they're you see a lot, you know, they might start using too much line. Um, they might start using flies that they think should work based on a calendar, but at that specific river aren't really working at that time. Um, with me, never really an issue. They, but most people are going to listen to uh, what I tell them is going to work best. And if they want to experiment with stuff, my box is always open. So, it's you know it's going to be tailored to what they want to learn but the biggest challenge with a new angler who has been doing a lot of reading is just making sure that they focus on the things that are important to start and then they can move on to some of the other things um that they've been learning in their text or on the you know on the internet or whatever that may be that's the voice of dave bergman lead guide and instructor uh, at Jesse Brown's Outdoors on the sport of fly fishing, and he takes wading trips of all shapes and sizes, getting people out into the sport. And Dave, with that, those two different breakdowns of client, the brand new ones or the ones who've done some research um, and have some knowledge, after a trip, or maybe it's three-quarters of the way through a trip, and I know you hear them talking, uh, clients who you're spending the day with, teaching the sport, building this foundation within fly fishing, is there a big or the biggest surprise, the biggest takeaway that clients talk about um, from a day on the water with you learning to fly fish? Yes. I, I'm i going to refer to some of my big game deep sea fishermen who come out and say that they had a fantastic time catching these fish that are basically bait or what they're catching, <laughs> and uh, it's a totally different experience. It's a totally it's a it's a 
very physical way to fish. It's a very interactive way to fish, and you go to very very nice places to do it. Uh, so it, there's a lot of takeaway from it. Most people who are multifaceted in fishing definitely like to pick up the small stream trout fishing as well. Uh, it's just a kind of a magical experience. And like I said, I like to make it I like to make it easy for people. I don't like to yell if they're if they're losing fish or missing strikes. You know, I, I like to make sure that they are having an easy time with the walking. If maybe there's some uh, restrictions on that, uh, try to walk, you know, walk a little more, go to some more rocky places with some more physic physically fit anglers who want more adventure and kind of just tailoring it to what you want uh, within reason. You know, I am, there is going to be some expertise I'll have in certain places and most people are willing to listen to that. But as far as everything else, I'm pretty much open to uh, whatever experience you would like to have. So there's a, always a big takeaway from my trips. Of course, here in the Carolinas, we do have the benefit of being able to fish 12 months of the year, including trout fishing. It is open 12 months of the year. Uh, you can find a trout stream to fish on with fish in the water, the weather suits so that you're able to get out. I guess, Dave, with that being, there is still a sense of urgency because right now we are in a bit of the magic time, I, I would say, for the next, uh, you know, as we move through May and June, is it really the worst time of year? If there was a worst time, would be late summer, and now would be one of yeah, the best I would times? say I would say now is great. Um, we're getting some we're getting some good rain, so things might blow out a little bit, but it's going to level out really nicely, and the river level is going to be great. We're going to have some really good fishing coming up here. Um, yeah, once you get into uh, July, yeah, that's when it's going to be the hardest. Um, you know, not just because the, the water gets warm, but because of the pressure from people who are visiting, uh, going fishing. These fish are seeing a lot of flies. And, and there are a lot of fly fishermen out there who are doing their best. Um, it, it may be a little less educated on how to handle fish. Yes. And some of these fish in warm water are just dying because they're not being released properly or someone's taking a picture of them for too long. Um, and that can put a damper on it too. So there's a lot of the summer produces human interference and environmental interference. So well, I would say July um, to the end of September uh, nowadays, September is usually when, you know, traditionally when it used to kind of start to get good again, but now September is hotter than it's ever been. Um, so Pretty much October to July is going to be the, the best time to go, even in the middle of the winter. You heard it from the, the lead guide and instructor at Jesse Brown's Dave Bergman. Now is a fantastic time to go. With that being said, Dave, i got a couple of more questions here because Mother's Day is coming up, anniversaries for people are coming up, birthdays. I know for a fact that you've done some ladies-only trips. Uh, talk to us. You mentioned, you know, uh, the machismo of a big water guy going offshore catching big fish and and talk to us about ladies coming into the sport of fly fishing and what you're seeing with the growth of women in the sport uh, it is one of the fastest growing women's sports right now and i will say this uh most ladies do better than the men uh there there's no there's no urge and goal to try to catch the biggest fish there's no rush to gain the most experience. 
they really take it all in, in my experience. Most of the women I take are going to be much more open to new knowledge and pick it up a lot faster than, than the guys. The hardest thing about this sport is picking a date to go. If you're interested in taking on the sport of fly fishing, building a foundation uh, within the sport that you can enjoy for a lifetime, you can send an email to jesse at jessebrowns.com or call the shop. Book a trip, 704-556-0020. Dave Bergman, I do have, uh, maybe this is not the right time to ask this question after what you just said. What's the biggest trout caught by a client with you uh, on a waiting trip after a day of fly fishing? Hmm. Let me, <laughs> let me, dig, through the, let me dig through the years here. Uh, well, I'll tell you the biggest one um, most recently was 23 inches. Whoa. And that was uh, that was a spring season fish. That'll work. 23 inches. That's a true trophy trout for sure. What about the smallest fish caught by a client? Uh, yeah, we do some. We've definitely caught a couple, uh, <laughs> a couple like five inch smolts <laughs> and uh, little fingerlings before, and they they'll eat the stuff. You know, they'll eat the even the big flies too. So you never know when you'll get those. That's how they grow. You know, get all that protein. That's so. right. They're the, the smallest ones sometimes are the hungriest ones <laughs> because they're the yep. ones who have to grow up to be yeah, big. Yeah, well, if you do wild trout trips uh, on really small streams, you're not going to catch a lot of big, you know, fish, but the, you're going to catch a lot of those eight-inchers, but you'll maybe catch 100 in a day. So, <laughs> oh, so the quality, quantity over quality. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that trade-off, and, of course, I think that is something that uh, picks up pace, too, especially as the summer comes about. Uh, if we get deeper into summer, you go higher and higher up in altitude to enjoy uh, catching uh, the smaller trout in high numbers. Dave Bergman, thank you so much for taking some time for joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors and sharing your wisdom and knowledge with our listeners about the sport of fly fishing. You're welcome. Off he goes. And if you're interested in in taking up the sport and joining in the club of fly fishing, Dave Bergman is available uh, for trips. These are day trips from the city of Charlotte. We meet our clients on the river, so it doesn't matter exactly where you live we will meet you on one of several trout streams that are utilized to help you get started in the sport. Again, you can email us, jesse at jessebrowns.com. Call us, 704-556-0020. And both of those options are also available at the website, jessebrowns.com. This is Bill Barty, host of the Carolina Outdoors. I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, You can also access us via highlights of the Carolina Outdoors wherever you listen to podcasts as well as the radio program as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard via the airwaves of WBT Radio.